Welcome to the second season of Return to Self, a podcast where we use the magic of storytelling to discuss the fascinating, mysterious, exhausting, and sometimes overwhelming journey of remembering who you were before the world taught you who to be. I'm your host, Bruna, a mystic mindset coach and divine channel, among many other things. And during this season, we'll be hearing from various healers about their spiritual journeys, as well as their gifts and their tips for you as you navigate your way back to self. I'll also be closing out each episode with a collective reading to offer guidance for whoever needs it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we return to self and remember what we've always known but somehow forgot along the way. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Return to Self, and today you'll be hearing from Etienne Maurice, a Los Angeles native born to a Jamaican-American mother and an Afro-European father. Etienne is a filmmaker, actor, and activist who is dedicated to using his creative passions for social change. Etienne's mission is to build his community in the virtual and physical space through the arts, health, and wellness. Outraged by the injustices against black and brown people, he initiated Walk Good LA. Recognizing the need for community healing, Etienne joined forces with his sister and lifestyle influencer Ivy Coco and cousin and yoga master Marley Ralph to create Breathe Good and Run Good. Walk Good LA is a devoted homage to his Jamaican heritage and grandmother, who always reminded him to walk good, a Jamaican euphemism meaning good fortune, safe travels, and be well. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Etienne. Welcome, Etienne, to the Return to Self family. So excited to talk to you today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. There's so many reasons why I'm particularly excited to talk to you, <laughs> and we'll get there. But before I ask my signature first question, I wanted to know, even though you and I spoke a little bit before we started recording, so I feel like I know the answer to this, but do you consider yourself a spiritual person? Of course. I am definitely a spiritual person. Yeah. All the synchronicities we just spoke about. Yeah. No, I've, I'm definitely a spiritual person. I always, you know, I'm a big believer in that the spirit has led me to do everything that I've done in my life outside of church and, you know, going to Buddhist meetings I've always felt like I've I've done a pretty good job of following my intuition, mm. uh, and I and I'm I'm a big believer in that the spirit is is guiding me in all my choices that I make. Yeah, so that's why I usually love to start with the question of what does spirituality mean to you, because it can be very different for everybody. So I'm curious to know what that looks like for you specifically. I think the spirit is it's what's always settled in your heart. I think the spirit that lives within you are your ancestors guiding you in the decisions that you make. I think the spirit are 
the lessons, morals, and values that you've taken with you throughout your life's past path and life pass, if you know, it could go both ways. I think the spirit informs your life and your path. And, you know, when you're young, you look, you might look at spirit as like a ghost. If you're in church, it might be the Holy Ghost. But I think a lot of time when, when you're young, you equate the spirit to religion, especially in my experience. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about that. Being raised in the church and having a grandfather who was super Christian, who was the music director at all the churches, a super religious grandmother from Jamaica, you know, who migrated to America, who had really, really deep beliefs of Christianity and God. And, you know, I was, I was raised in that environment and I, no one can ever tell me that I am not here on this earth without God. Do you know, like I am here on this earth because God got me here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like what your parents might say, they might say, you know, I could I could bring you in this world and I could take you out. But by the grace of God, I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am here. And I am so grateful for that every single day. And I and I believe that that the spirit has allowed me to to be on this earth. I don't think there's anything better than on this earth that we live on right now. Like, yeah, you know, heaven is cool, you know, but I'm here, I'm present. (laughs) This is the life that I'm living right now and I'm loving it and I'm taking it all for what it's worth. So yeah, I know it's a long answer, but that's how I I look at the spirit. That's beautiful. And did you ever find yourself conflicted at some point with- Oh, of course. Yeah. I even find myself like conflicted now, if I'm going to be totally honest, you know, I'm, you know, haven't been, like I said, being raised in the church and, you know, my, my, my father, he left the church. He was, he was the one that was always taking us to this Episcopalian church called St. James here in LA when my parents were divorced. So when he would take He'd take my sister and I to church. We'd go to church on Friday to to give back to the homeless, you know, to feed the homeless every Friday. And and then we'd go on Sunday. And so, I, you know, that was his way of, like, instilling Christian, you know, values in us and just being able to, to give back. And then, you know, when I went to college, he said he's a Buddhist. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then what I saw him as he started to practice buddhism i didn't quite understand it i didn't want to understand it because i was like you you the one took it to church but then i saw how he was living his life in truth and his mood was better and we were having honest conversations he was a much better happier person than i remembered him to be still had his has his flaws like any human being, but I've learned to accept them. And so, you know, after going to a few Buddhist meetings with SGI and, you know, 
getting more of an understanding. I kind of like the philosophy of 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 the Buddhist practice, you know, with their one true goal of of happiness, right? And I am still learning more about the Buddhist practice. I am now part of SGI Nishiren Buddhist practice, Soka Gakkai Institute. But I still hold on to my Christian beliefs and, and values. You know, like I <laughs> it's gonna sound wild, but like I don't believe all like the the magical, mythical things that happen in the Bible. But I I definitely believe in the principles of you know, loving one another and being kind to one another and and being more like Jesus Christ. I feel like we should all be like Jesus, you know? But then I also believe the Nishiran practices of, of you know, nam myoho renge kyo I've definitely lived and I'm living in these two, these two spiritual worlds, I guess. But I'm a big believer in that, you know, we're all coming from different roots sprouting into the same tree interesting breathing that same oxygen and we're all sprouting different leaves which you know i see it almost the opposite Mm. so it's to me it's almost like we're all sprouting differently but we all come from the same root Oh yeah, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's the same, you know. It's yeah, because there's a lot of, and this is why I love talking about stuff like this because I took a Far Eastern religious studies class in high school, which at the time was even surprising to me because I was so in high school. They offered that in high school. What type of high school you went to? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! It wasn't high. It was at Pasadena City College. Oh, okay. it was at PCC. I was about to say, but I will say. That that class, I took it as an elective, and even I'm surprised why I took it, because at the time, I was so anti any sort of religious anything. Like, I just didn't even want to talk about it. But I needed an elective. That was offered. And I was like, you know, I want to learn about Buddhism. I want to learn about Taoism. I want to learn about Hinduism. And so I took this class, which was also offered at USC at the same time by the same professor, so I got the cheat code through that. The more he talked about all these religions, the more I was like, dang, if you go deep enough, it's a lot of the same thing. All the same. Even with yoga, even with the practice of of yoga principles, it's all the same thing. Yes. And we're going to get to that with Walk Good. But before we yes. get there, you mentioned, you know, the Buddhist principle of happiness. And I'm curious to know what happiness looks like for you. I think happiness for me is gratitude. Gratitude to me is what equals happiness. Uh, Being able to be happy, to be on this earth, to be able to have the life that we live. Happy that we can have this conversation. Happy to have friends. Happy to be by yourself. Mm. I think happiness is is subjective, right? Because some might, some people might even say, you know, well, what if, what if killing makes you happy? Well, that's I don't think that's happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's mental. I think that's mental illness. <laughs> you know, I think happiness is finding peace within yourself and just knowing that. 
if it's out of your control, then the only thing you can control is you. And once you find happiness in that, then you're happy. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I was excited to talk to you specifically because there are a lot of healing spaces and camaraderie and places for women to have these types of conversations and to heal and to do wellness and all of these things. I don't feel like that has been as accessible for men until recently. And so I always enjoy speaking to men about this stuff because I don't know, well, one, I never know the perspective because I've never been a man, at least in this lifetime. And so I really enjoy getting that point of view. And so for you as a man, as a black man, as someone who is so committed to creating spaces and community for others to find healing and safety, you speak of gratitude, but what if someone listening, another black man listening, for example, finds it difficult to be grateful in a time like this? Damn, you hit me with the hard hitters. That's I great, mean, listen, I have a journalism question. degree for a reason, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think for a young black man who's who's struggling to find happiness right now, I would say take it one day at a time. I know it's simple in thought and even harder in theory, but I think literally focusing on, or not even focusing, just being, you know, just allowing yourself to just be and not stress yourself and focusing on, on taking it one day at a time, but just allow yourself to take it one day at a time, you know, because sometimes when you, when you focus too hard, you get a headache and you start getting anxiety and you're like, well, I know it's one day, but this one day is very, very hard. Well, I offer, I offer the intention of being resilient. You know, when you, that was, that was the word that popped in my conscious going into the new years, being resilient. You know, I thought about what it means to be resilient. And, you know, most of the time you think of resiliency, you might equate it to fighting, uh, being combative, being able to conquer while that is true, resiliency is also the ability to look back at the day before and be like, damn, what I went through was really bad. But look at my resiliency. I made it to today because I got through yesterday. Here I am today. And your days start to become better and better when you look back and you're like, oh, I got over that huddle. Oh, yeah, I got over that huddle, too. And look at me. I'm still here standing. Oh, my God, I'm almost at the finish line. You know, it's like me struggling to write this damn script. It's like I'm always bombarded with other things instead of just focusing on taking it one day at a time, just one page at a time. You know, and then you realize when you get into the thick of it, you get past one page. and You're like, oh, shit, I could write two pages. Oh, my God, I'm at four pages. Damn, I'm almost finished with my script. <laughs> you know, it's like it's having that resiliency and having having that awareness to be able to to reflect and look behind you and be like, "Wow, 
I come this far. I can't go back now. I got to keep going. That's resiliency. So I offer any any young black man who's listening right now and he, he can't find happiness right now, you know, try and find resiliency. Try and find resiliency. Try not to focus on the happiness, but focus on on the goal. Focus on focus on the task at hand. What do you need to do to get to tomorrow? Was there a specific experience or moment for you that really shifted the trajectory of who you've become? Oh, of course. The two. So the two big, big moments in my life that completely shifted how I look at the world. First was having a DUI. Drove my car into a tree, car flipped over, had a brain injury. Oh, no. Had to take leave of absence from school. The brain injury caused me to literally lose my mind. I had to go to the psych ward. I was there, was placed on a 72-hour involuntary hold in California. And, and I think some other places called a 5150 when they feel like you might cause harm to yourself or you might cause harm to others because of your mental instability. And I can only say by the grace of God that I am here in my better mind because <laughs> I look at people out on the street and I empathize with them because I, I know what that looks like to not be in your frame of mind and not be in control of your thoughts and your actions. But through the prayers of my family, my grandmother, my mom, my sister, my dad, my stepdad, my uncle, my cousins, they really pulled together and, and you know, leading back to that, that, that same conversation, the spirit, you know, the spirit was like, yo, Etienne is not going to be on the deep end. We're going to bring him back. And then I just started to get better and I started to get, I started to feel like I was in control of my thoughts and ideas and I started to come to my, to myself. But, uh, that was, that was the first one. Then, you know, you would have thought that would have been the wake up call, <laughs> but it wasn't. So 11 months after having the DUI and going to the psych ward, I go back to school, go back to school. The doctor specifically told me don't smoke or drink is going to have a long-term effect on your brain. It's not the smartest thing for you to do. I said, all right, doctor, I, I got you. I'm, uh, I hear you. Go back to school and I start doing the same shit again. I start doing like, like, Etienne, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I just, I just wasn't doing what I needed to do. And I started smoking and drinking again. Well, I go to this party with some friends, start drinking at this party. Next thing you know, I wake up in the hospital and I had been shot. Twice in my leg, a grazed bullet above my eyebrow, and the nurse had told me that I had been brought from another hospital in West Philadelphia because I had been shot. I said, what? I've been shot? <laughs> I was like, now imagine how traumatic that is just that in that moment. You wake up in the hospital not remembering anything anything the night before you just remember going to the party you just remember having fun at the party 
trying to remember bits and pieces of what happened. My immediate thought was, oh, my 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 friends, are they okay? Did did, 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 the, did the club get shot up that I was at? No. I got into a taxi, trying to go to another party, ended up in a completely different neighborhood, probably because I was too incoherent to tell the ca- taxi cab driver that I was I was trying to go to a specific place. He must have dropped me off at this 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 bar, and two guys saw me, tried to rob me from my iPhone and wallet. I contested. They shot at me, and I was brought to a hospital because an off-duty taxi cab driver who lives in the neighborhood. I got on the hood of his car, and I asked him to take me to the hospital. And I know this because there's footage, security cam footage, of me running away from the people who shot me and me getting on top of the hood of the car of the taxi cab driver, begging him to take me to the hospital because I'd been shot in my head, not even realizing that I got shot in my leg as well. And yeah, now going back to the to the spirit conversation, it's the spirit that allowed me to be alive. I'm I'm so thankful that I didn't lose a limb. I'm so thankful that I didn't get shot in my head. I'm thankful that I survived those two instances where I could have easily not be having this conversation with you because of the stupid choices I made. But I share my story and I tell my story as much as I can to as many people as I can because who knows, you know, that young black man or that young man, you know, who went through the same situation I went through that is having difficulty of how to to live his or her life. And they might have gone through the same exact situation I went through. And, you know, there's you, you might you find solace in knowing that somebody went through something that you went through. You know, so unfortunately, you know, I'm I'm I hate that I had to go through such such <laughs> such madness in order to get to this point. But I, I, it's my testimony, it's my story. I realized that you know, if I hadn't had if I hadn't gone through those true traumatic experiences, I would not be as passionate as I am about the work I do with with Walkgood. Yeah. And so, first of all, wow. (laughs) You weren't expecting that story, did you? And not even just one. There were two. (laughs) In 11 months apart from each other. Wow. I mean, I just, in my mind, it's, as you were talking, I was kind of playing it out as a scene in my head, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, the amount of things that had to happen in order for you to be okay, you know, the fact that that taxi cab driver was there and that you had the (laughs) adrenaline to even approach them and that they were able to take you to the hospital and then putting the pieces together and then, oh my goodness. Well, thank God you're here. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God you're here. And so I'm assuming that those experiences led you to creating walk good and what it stands for of course i think all of those experiences are the subtext of what walk good is it's kind of a i guess the word is anomaly where my grandmother would always tell me to walk good every time i'd leave the house she'd always say walk good etienne always and walk good means to be careful you know take care of yourself be good to others, you know, 
Just when you go out into the world, just take care of yourself. And sometimes when I'd walk out that door, I was not taking care of myself. <laughs> so Walgood has become like this reminder for to myself and to others to to walk good. You know, I've almost like I think I've immortalized my grandmother just by the word alone because you know I, that's how I remember her is reminding me to walk good. And so walk good is a Jamaican euphemism, like I just said, meaning to take care. Be careful, walk in good stride. And we are a family that brings people together from all walks of life to fight for racial equity through the arts, health, and wellness. And I started Walk Good June 13th, 2020, uh, after the killing of Ahmaud Aubrey. I was really upset, frustrated, angry, sad. Uh, and I, I was upset because I saw a young man who looked like me, who was who was into the same activities as I was and he was running in his neighborhood and get shot for being accused of, of going into somebody's house of stealing all of the things that he did not do. And I remember watching that video and my heart just sunk. And Weeks after that video came out, then George Floyd died. No, he didn't just die. He was killed. Then weeks after that, Breonna Taylor. And then all these, these stories, it seemed like black people were just being killed at the hands of cops every day. It seemed like black trans women were being killed every day. And we needed a release. We needed a release. We needed to be able to acknowledge the lives that we lost and acknowledge the turmoil that this country was going through. And and I started a protest. I called it Walk Good, Run Good. And we we ran in my neighborhood of Mid-City, Mid-Wilshire, and we started at, at the park. <laughs> and it's the park in my neighborhood that I was raised going to in, in my neighborhood, you know, ever since I was like two, three years old. I thought about where I'd have people come, and I was like, it's going to be at a public park. So we ran a three-mile three run in the middle of the street, stopped traffic and all, and you know, we did that for 10 weeks straight. And in the midst of us starting Walk Good and protesting, I had my cousin, Marley, who leads our Breathe Good classes. I had her you know, lead a, a couple stretches before the protest, and it was really beautiful. We had like 300, 400 people in the park stretching and it was like the light bulb that went off in my head and I pulled Marley aside and I was like yo we should start we should teach we should do yoga in the park and this is in the middle of COVID so nobody was doing anything like this because it was COVID and we were in that gray area of whether or not we should be in the house or not in the house and you know we had that next we had our first yoga class breathe good that next week it was June 20th the day after Juneteenth and we had 36 people. I remember I counted the the photo of how many people were at the yoga class. 36 people were there. And, you know, every week we were like, all right, we're going to make this a weekly thing. And every Sunday, more and more people started to show up. 36 turned into 60, 60 turned to 100, turned to 200. Then by the beginning of 20, it was, we were going to the new year. So January of 2020, no, February of 2021, we saw that we were taking up the whole entire park 
and and that's how want good started yeah it was like it's literally we we have been breathing for those that are no longer able to breathe with us that's what i that's what marley and i like to say when we're out there in, in the park is you know with, with all the anxiety and frustration and trauma that we have lived through not once as americans have we been able to to learn or give the tools or have those resources to just be allowed to breathe mm-hmm. you know whenever something whenever when we don't know what it's like to mourn and grieve those that we've lost the things that we have lost you know because it doesn't have to be people it could be you know it could be in any experience that we've lost but we don't know how to settle in those moments and and just take a nice big inhale and exhale and i have to remind myself that too even though i'm a yoga instructor now like i didn't know to do that of course <laughs> not know? yeah because i forget you know, sometimes you forget you're going your life is lifing you know and you forget to just take a breath and so you know walk it is 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 a daily reminder a weekly reminder to to just breathe and i think the most beautiful thing about it is that we're doing it with community we're doing it in community yes and that's how i found you my best friend Corey. i remember one day he sent me the walk good flyer and I was like, yoga at the park, I'm there. Like yoga is, for me, that was my way to reconcile the death of a relationship years ago. And I was just like, I got this group on for yoga. I have a yoga mat. Like, you know, the universe gives you everything. It's just waiting for you to do it. And so I was like, let me just freaking go to this yoga class and see what they're talking about. And I remember going and crying during the class just because you don't have many opportunities where you're just sitting in stillness and where you are focusing on your breath. And your breath is so important to understanding your nervous system, to understanding how you are feeling. And for me, which I didn't realize at the time, yoga was really important because I have a lot of body trauma. And so a somatic approach is more beneficial. I needed to establish a deeper connection with my body again because for me, safety was detaching from my body. And so yoga was very influential in doing that. And so obviously, yes, with COVID, like yoga studios were closing down. I wasn't able to go to my kundalini class anymore. And I was like, man, my body is yearning for some movement and for stretch and so I went and I always know I'm in the right place when I run into people I know and I got to the park first of all packed second of all great energy third of all I saw so many people I hadn't seen in forever and I was like yo what are you doing here you know and so it was just such a beautiful illustration of like divine alignment and synchronicity and to be able to do something that is so fortifying and nourishing for yourself with others is a really beautiful experience so i say all that to say thank you oh i appreciate that i love that that's so beautiful i love hearing stories like that of seeing someone that you hadn't seen in a long time and the fact that you saw them in the park doing yoga with walk good is such a beautiful experience. Yeah, community is really important, especially in times like now. 
And something else I always love to ask men, specifically men of color during this time is what are ways that we can support you? Like me individually? You or just like, no, just, well, yes, we do want to support you. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, you helped me a lot, even by doing this podcast, you know? (laughs) You know, it's just, it's one of, it's a thought of, at least in my mind, it's always like, okay, there are a lot of men who are now, just now learning how to tap back into their emotions, just now learning how to understand their needs, just now learning how to be vulnerable and communicate that. And sometimes I think in an effort to be supportive, we can actually be unhelpful, you know, by either trying to fix or trying to do more than what is actually necessary. And so I'm always curious on like, what does that type of support look like? Is it just listening? Is it creating space? Is it yeah, I think it I think it's creating space and I think a lot of us just don't know how to you know create that space. You know, I <laughs> I always tell people when I was younger, I was always throwing the parties like when my mom wasn't in town, I'd always throw in like house parties. <laughs> and they were kind of like crazy. They're kind of like it's like what you see in the park but in my mom's backyard. Oh, I'm sure she loved <laughs> that. And, and not doing yoga. <laughs> Drinking and dancing and and doing all debaucherous activities is is one would do in high school in college, but um, I think it's just being able to to offer the space where we can just be in community with each other and just love one another and having setting those intentions of just being here to to have fun, just being here to breathe, just being here to acknowledge and be aware of one another. I think that's what offering space and being in community is all about. I think one of the the most beautiful things about Walk Good and what my family and my sister and Ivy, my sister Ivy and, and my cousin Marley were able to do is offer this space of peace and healing, but letting people know that we're here for you. And so if we can be here in community, in the park, just by being here for you, then let us do that. And I think people really appreciate that. I think people really, really, really do appreciate the fact that we're just here and that we're consistent, that we're here every Sunday at Kenneth Hahn Memorial at Kenneth Hahn Park. That's another reason why I think Walk Good is so successful is that people know that they can come to the park on Sunday and know that they're going to get a good dose of some healing and some stretching and some breathing. <laughs> yeah, and it's not as intimidating, I feel. Like, I'm sure some people will be like, oh, no, yoga. I've never done yoga. But mm-hmm. when it comes to healing, I think part of the reason the conversation is kind of limited in certain environments is because it is so deep and it is so layered and it does get really vulnerable and doing something like yoga at the park with a large community bridges that gap of you don't need to tell your story if you're not ready. You don't need to even let anyone in if you're not ready, but know that there are still people here to support you. And all you got to do is show up and just embrace this moment with these people. And then the healing occurs regardless. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, it does. It does. It does. So we're almost yeah. out of time, but I do have one last question for you. Okay. And that is, what three words would you use to describe your return to self? I love you. Ah. I love you. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Wow. And you had it ready. I had it. I mean, it was the spirit. I'm telling you. Come on, B. Come on. It's the spirit. It's the spirit. Tell yourself that you love you. Look at yourself in the mirror and say that you love you. I love you. You know, just take that time to reflect and just take a moment to just love on you. That's going to bring you back to yourself. If you look at yourself and just say those three words, I love you. I love you, man. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. If you guys are curious to learn more about Walk Good LA or Etienne, all of the information to follow and perhaps show up to the next yoga at the park will be in the description of the podcast. Etienne, such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. We covered so much in such a little amount of time. We did. We could have gone. We could have gone longer. But you, you know, your 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 podcast is thirty minutes. So I'm gonna let you rock. Listen, you want to pay my producer for more time? Feel free. Hey, we we'll could do it, it all day. Right, right. Soon we go. I'm gonna have to bring you on on my podcast soon. So I'm ready. We could talk about talk good, talk good. We'll Ooh. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. a thing? Yeah, it's gonna be a thing. It's gonna be a thing. So we're gonna. We're going to do uh, my sister, Marley, and I, we're going to host uh, our first podcast, Talk Good. First of all, I love the consistency with the branding. Oh, have to. It's perfect. <laughs> it's like it's literally right there. Yes, it's, like, <laughs> it's handed to you. This is beautiful. Yeah, literally, literally. Amazing. Thank you, Grandma. <laughs> we, got, for- we, got, we got Walk Good, which is the name of the organization. We got... Run Good, which is our weekly run club, every Wednesday at Lockmore Urban Light. We're back in March. Oh well, well, when when this podcast releases, we will be we'll be back in business. So yeah, we have Run Good, got Breathe Good every Sunday, Kenneth Hahn Park in Baldwin Hills, and then Hike Good, which is every second Saturday of the month. We go to different hikes and trails all across Los Angeles. And if you want to find more, go to walkgoodla.org or walkgoodla on Instagram. Currently creating a TikTok because now people have been seeing our TikTok video, my TikTok videos, and they like it. So I'm going to start a Walk Good LA TikTok as well. Ooh, taking over TikTok. uh, Yes. Everything walk good. Walk good, walk good, walk good. What a beautiful way to honor your grandmother. Oh, thank you. And, And my Jamaican heritage, you know? What a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. This podcast is brought to you by Citizens of Sound, a one-stop shop for your podcasting needs. Citizens will help you with conceptualization, design, production, editing, and distribution. Whether you're an artist, business owner, health and fitness coach, actor, public speaker, or yoga instructor, podcasting can be used as a tool to grow your influence, business, and platform. Visit citizensofsound.com to start your podcast today.
Hello, welcome to your collective reading for this episode. I know the last few episodes we were getting one card readings, which were nice and direct, which we loved. Today we got two. We got two cards for you. And as always, this is a collective reading. So use your discernment on whether or not this reading is for you. If it resonates, beautiful. If not, that's okay. It's just not for you. So the cards we got for this reading are authority and harmony. Now, what I love about this is maybe it's because we had a masculine on this episode. You know, you heard Etienne talk about his journey into spirituality, which led him to create Walk Good LA with his family um, in order to provide a healing space for the community. And I love how that ties into this reading because the authority card is the emperor card. That is the divine masculine card. And anytime it comes up, there's a couple of different themes here. So the number, the numerology for this card is four. Four is all about stability, security, foundation. And I think for a long time, that's also been the narrative that men have been taught, you know, you are the provider, you are the protector. And thank goodness for that. We appreciate it. We love it. And at some point, there can be hmm, a misunderstanding of what true authority looks like, what true masculinity looks like the essence of masculinity is it authoritative yeah the masculine is a leader however we've experienced for quite a while now that sort of power dynamic that is led by ego ego led masculinity often shows itself as power-hungry, greedy, controlling, impulsive, aggressive, domineering. Chances are you know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? What I'm here to remind you is that the true essence of masculinity is heart-led. It is not a power struggle led through fear it is love in its highest form and I know some of you especially if you are masculine yourself are hearing this and you're like okay Bruna whatever maybe you're the one who needs to hear it the most then what you may consider to be masculinity may actually be a wounded child who is seeking external validation by any means necessary. And what I mean by that is if it's not freely given to you, you will take it because you need it to feel worthy, to feel valuable, to feel important. What I'm saying is that you don't need any of that. Because a true divine masculine knows the power he has and uses it 
to uplift others. A true leader breeds more leaders. It's not a dictatorship. And people will follow those who they respect, not who they fear. Following someone they fear will only be temporary until they decide to get together and revolt against your ass because they're pissed. A true leader is someone you respect because you respect who they are as a person. They are consistent. They are loving. They are a leader. They are courageous. They have honor. They follow through on their word. They're trustworthy. That is a true masculine. Someone who creates that safe space. That protection. You can't create protection for someone and at the same time be someone that one needs protection from. You create that protection by being a solid individual who people can trust. That is the emperor. That is authority. That is a healthy solar plexus. All of it is aligned and one in the same. Now harmony here, I'm getting a couple different interpretations. Harmony, whenever I see this card, can really represent one of two things. I mean, it can represent many things, but it's usually one of two things. One is that internal harmony. Because again, and I will say it every single time, we all have that divine masculine and divine feminine energy within us. The divine feminine is that inner knowing, the trust, the connection to divinity. And the divine masculine is the action. It's taking that wisdom and putting it to use, putting things into motion. Clearly, in order for both to complement each other, there needs to be balance. And so harmony can often mean that there is a balance here. You finally reach that level where the scales are balanced, your energies are balanced. You've healed your inner divine feminine. You've healed your inner divine masculine to a point where you know when something's off. Because things will always happen. It's life. You will get triggered again. Old patterns might show up. That's okay. Because now you can identify it and you know what to do. So if that resonates with you, then chances are you've been asked recently or over time to re-identify what your masculinity represents. What does that look like? How have I been faking it? What needs to change? Another interpretation is obviously the more obvious, the more obvious depiction of an external relationship, harmony within an external relationship. 
Perhaps part of what needed healing in order to find harmony within that relationship was a ego death, an ego death, a um, redefining of power, understanding what maybe you were leading with before that had to be let go of, certain patterns and actions that were fueled by your ego, fueled by that need for validation, fueled by low self-worth or insecurity that were getting in the way of experiencing true harmony with another. If this resonates with you, I'm feeling like you know this. This isn't new information. What's beautiful about it, so we talked about four The numerology for the harmony card is six, which is embodiment of the heart. That is a divine feminine number. And so together, that's a 10 or one, which is self and new beginnings. This is a beautiful opportunity for rebirth for yourself to close out those old cycles and allow yourself to start again. All it really takes is a choice and then the determination to act on that choice. Again, that is your divine feminine and divine masculine energy working together. You receive the wisdom, you receive the guidance, and then you put it into action. And for those of you who resonate with this reading, that's a beautiful place to be. It's not about where you've been, it's about where you are, because where you've been led you here, and here is amazing. So continue to lead in that way. Lead from the heart and understand where your ego might be working against you so that you can finally open up to the love and harmony that you deserve, both internally and externally. That does it for this week's episode of Return to Self. Thank you, thank you for sharing this time with us and for your constant support. If you loved what you heard, take a moment to rate, subscribe, and comment on our podcast to help spread the word. If you're interested in working with me, You can check out my healing services at www.brunanessif.com. That's www.brunanessif.com. And don't forget to join our community at www.returntoself.me. Until next time, take care of yourself.